Unpublished podcast where we talk about everything from gaps in the literature to gaps in society. Thank you for joining us for another episode. This is Jaslyn. And this is Darren. I just really wanted to thank all of you for tuning in last week. Yeah, so we really appreciated the engagement, everyone who took the time to share it on their social media or send it to a friend. Um, You guys exceeded our expectations and we're really excited for you guys to engage with us as we keep going. All right. So let's just dive into our check-in and check-up for this week. So, Jaslyn, how are you doing? How are things? Um, I've been better. This week was a little rough for me. Uh, We definitely had a really awesome time launching the podcast and riding off that high. And then throughout the week, it just was downhill from there. Um, (laughs) I was feeling a little bit down, but then also I wasn't very productive. Uh, but I, I gave myself the space to not be productive and I didn't beat myself up for it. Um, how about you? <sighs> Goodness. Chaos. Anarchy and chaos. <laughs> no, I'm doing okay. I just feel like I've had a lot of mental fog lately. So trying to structure sentences, trying to make sense, sense of things, trying to also be a little bit productive and get the things done that I want to has been a bit trying this week. Um, But it's just felt really good having something to work towards on this podcast and just having the ability to take time away to um, really just reflect and think about things. So it's been it's been all right for the most part. I guess that's the honest truth for me. The honest truth. Yeah, it sounds like the podcast was the highlight of our weeks. (laughs) Yeah, it's like an anchor. It like very much is like, all right, when I feel like I'm drifting a little bit, I'm like, all right, we got the podcast to do this. So I'm going to get up, you know, I'm going to get the stuff I need to do done. And I'm going to set aside this time to call you and just work on this. So it's been helping me out a ton. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into our topic under review for this week. For this week, our topic under review is advice to our younger selves. We've both lived interesting lives. We've seen a lot. We're older and wiser. And when we think back, you know, we might have some advice for our younger selves. Um, So we were thinking maybe giving our younger selves some school, family and friends and even dating advice. Yeah, I definitely second that. I feel like we have led really interesting <laughs> lives. We've um, seen some things. <laughs> we've seen some things, done some things. Oh, gosh. Uh, so thinking back, there's a lot of stuff in there. I guess thinking back to, you know, adolescent Darren, middle school Darren, I guess one piece of advice that I would give myself is just, you know, a simple, you good. Like, you good. Um, and by that, I mean, take a, take a step back, take a breather. I found that my middle school self was very, very insecure. I felt like a lot of times I was really concerned about how people were viewing me, whether or not I was doing stuff right, whether or not I was wearing the right clothes, whether or not I sounded the right way. So I think my piece of advice there would just be like, you good, take a breath, take a step back, you know, and you'll be fine. But yeah, yeah, I don't know about you. Or Middle school is just dripping in angst and worry <laughs> about all those things. I think what I would tell my middle school self about school is that there's no permanent record. 
Ooh. Like it would be in TV shows or like people would walk around thinking there's a permanent record, but like the grades I got in middle school were not really shaping the rest of my life like that. <laughs> and so maybe giving myself that advice, I would take some of the pressure off myself because 12 year old me did not need to be walking around carrying that, that right. lifelong package <laughs> like that. It was no need. <laughs> yeah. That makes me think a lot about high school too, because I remember, I think it was my junior year. I remember getting back my midterm reports. Do you remember midterm reports? Yes. The stress. <laughs> you would sit in homeroom and like your homeroom teacher would come out and you're like, oh my gosh, they're about to hand it back out. And I remember that semester I got four B's and I thought it was the end of the world. I was just like, oh my goodness. There's it's the apocalypse. Right, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> I'm in these AP courses, like these colleges aren't going to accept me. So kind of a little bit like how we were discussing last week, catastrophizing. I found myself doing that um, in high school as well. So I guess the piece of advice I would give myself is that your grades are not the end of the world. Um, there's so many more important things than just to take care of yourself. Yeah, along those same lines, like I was so concerned that like, I was just doing the most. And I don't know who told me I needed to do the most. Like my senior year, I remember signing up for eight AP classes. Oh and what I don't. <laughs> Why? Insane. insane. Well, I thought like you just had to do it up. Like you just had to do it big or go home. And so <laughs> what older me now knows is that I wasn't even going to get credit for all those things. They weren't going right. to transfer for my degree. It depended on the school I went to and what, these schools just wanted to see was that I challenged myself, but I didn't need to go all out. So yeah, take it easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that because I remember when I got into college at Hopkins, I think out of the AP courses I took, there were maybe only like one or two that actually um, counted for credit. So I was stressing all that time worrying about it and it didn't even count for credit. And I think another piece of advice I would give myself in that same line is just to, how do I say it? Think about a little bit like your, your mental health, like take care of your mental well-being. Um, being this age, I think I have a lot more language to talk about that. But in high school, I carried a lot of anxiety. Um, I had a lot of stomach issues. Um, I would take tests and feel the need to like run out of the bathroom because I was so stressed out about it. So just, I guess, giving myself a bit more language around mental health and how to reach out for that, how to ask teachers for help with that. And I, I think that could be useful advice for someone too, if you're, you know, a high schooler listening to this, if you found us somehow. Well, I don't know who's, who's high school, <laughs> who's in high school wants to listen to a grad student podcast, but you know, shout out to you. I yeah. definitely experienced the same exact issues. You know, another reason why we're friends, bonding <laughs> over our shared pain, but I definitely um, experienced a lot of anxiety and now I'm older. I can look back and I know now that certain situations like a testing situation makes me anxious. So now I know that taking a breath or taking time aside to mentally prepare for that uh, or talking to someone to get help with that, that's important. Right. Um, and I, yeah. And that just makes me think a lot about too, like the importance of friendship, you know, and family and support too. But I think being friends like with you and with other people as well, that was just a major, that was a major key for me. We had piano class together. Um, mm -hmm. it, what was it? Fifth period, sixth period? In freshman year, it was first period. That was first. Oof, my memory shot I remember I would start off my day with piano. It was it was peaceful. Like, it was a musical way to start my day. Yeah. So something, uh, 
I was thinking about a little bit as we were talking right now was just that friendship, I feel like, is very much a verb. And that's a piece of advice I would give myself to um, to, to chew on or to think about in middle and high school. Because I think my Angelou said it, you know, I'd be listening to those Oprah podcasts, but she said to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And I think whether it's to deal with anxiety, whether it's to cope, whether it's just to get through like your eight period day, you know, <laughs> or to wake up at 545 in the morning to get to school, um, you had to be ready to show up for people. Um, so I would just encourage my younger self to do that a bit more and to do that knowingly and openly. I think that would help me out a lot. Yeah. So I think I have friendship advice more so for my high school self. Um, So before I get to that, for my middle school self, I just want her to know that she wasn't a fashionista and (laughs) (laughs) she didn't need to fight with her mother about clothes. Like, what what were you doing? I remember, Jazz, you had this Oprah Bob going. You had this I, Oprah. I had, listen, not only did I have an Oprah Bob, but like <laughs> I would also have like coordinating color outfits. Like I remember I had this one green outfit. It has mm. some like sideways stripes for my green top. I had some green, what are they called? Gauchos or whatever, the flowy pants. And then oh I had some goodness. green platform sandals. Oh my gosh. I remember I was wearing Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, <laughs> My whole attire was literally Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> and you know, I was, you know, I low-key was going in those stores, you know, looking at the, no, I'm joking. Let me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I, because I focused so much on that, I would get into fights because, you know, my mother was a little bit strict. So, like, the hemlines need to reach a certain length on my body. We couldn't have too much of the chest showing. But, like, I would literally get into fights. And now I can look back and be like, it wasn't that deep. And I didn't need to strain my relationship with my mother in that way. Like, like looking back, like my clothes were not that big of a deal. Gotcha. They just weren't. Um, yeah. And then, um, so you mentioned friendship uh, for my high school self. I would, I would tell her that you should let go of friendships that don't serve you. Mm. And okay. that's something that I'm, I'm still learning and developing in this day and age, but what I've come to realize is that if something doesn't feel right, it doesn't look right, or it's causing more pain than anything else, you can let it go. It doesn't matter if you've been friends since elementary school. If the person they are now or have been over the years hasn't been the best to you, it's okay to let that go. And yeah. high school me didn't realize that. And so I, I maintained friendships that just, they weren't doing anything. Yeah, I just... I just want to echo that, I guess, too. I don't really know if I have too much to add to that, but I definitely second and third that. Uh, And this one just kind of came to mind, but uh, an advice that I would give to my younger self in general uh, is that your hobbies and your interests aren't weird and you shouldn't care what people (laughs) think. Um, I was super into like hair care and stuff in middle school and I went natural in high school before it was really a thing. I know like... I'm glad I did it. I'm still natural to this day, but it was something that like, I thought a lot about what people would think, but at the end of the day, it was right for me. Um, Something else, I really enjoyed wearing hoop earrings. And I remember someone told me hoops were for whores. (gasps) Yes. Oh yes. I remember I stopped wearing hoops, but like that, it gave me confidence and I was happy and I thought I looked good. Fast forward to today, Hoops are cool and they're classy. They're not ghetto anymore. They're not for whores. But I was onto something. My yeah. little middle school, high school me was onto something. Um, yeah. 
And also, we were super into superheroes mm-hmm. before this day and age with the Marvel movies that really took off. Like, I don't know if you want to share too much about no. our hobbies, but you could, we, you could take it from here. <laughs> yes, Jocelyn and I, I don't know if it was middle school or high school. I think it was high school. Remember, we made a Facebook group called like the comic book club, like a uh, yeah. discussion group or something. <laughs> yeah. And we basically would talk about Young Justice. We would talk about all these different shows, our favorite characters. I was a huge advocate of the last Airbender, Airbender stand. So I love that as well. Um, when you were speaking about really just leaning into your interests in different things, it made me think about uh, my affliction or my love for Naruto. I really, really, really oh, love Naruto. Yeah. I loved all the ninja stuff. I thought it was the coolest thing. I would do the hand signs, but it wasn't something that I would bring up in school. You know, I also was a really huge Lady Gaga fan. Like I, I would walk into class. I would walk into the building, listening to Lady Gaga, building myself up, you know, little gay me. <laughs> And if I were in class and someone were to ask me who's your favorite musician or who's someone you listen to a lot, I wouldn't talk about her. And I wouldn't talk about her because I feel like people thought I would be gay, you know? And I thought they they would look at me differently. And I, I felt really insecure. And I just wish I could go back to my younger self and just be like, you know, this is okay. It's all right to have those interests. It's all right to, as she would say, let your freak flag fly. <laughs> like, yeah. like lean yeah. into yourself. Do you. Like there's nothing wrong. I think I had that um, sort of in my mind a bit as well. Like there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're, you're okay. So just giving yeah. my old self, my inner child a hug. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Like that's why I, I figured it'd be something that both of us could relate to because there's a lot of times where you judge yourself for the things that you're into or that you like and get like letting your younger self know that you have the freedom to be so important. Um, I mean, speaking of being you and the freedom to do so, I think that's like a very big, a very big like talking point when it comes to dating um so do you have any dating advice for yourself your younger self it's funny because as I think about myself talking about this I can feel myself getting anxious about it it's like my inner gay child is screaming (laughs) oh gosh just because there's there's so much around that for me that I'm still unpacking to this day um Mm -hmm. but, but thinking about back to middle school I guess I would just tell myself again like you're good like you're doing amazing sweetie (laughs) and I say that because I wasn't dating and I was really confused and other people were on the playground trying to holler at each other trying to talk to each other and I was sitting there in my bubble completely and utterly just like why is this happening I don't even know what gender I like I don't know what any of this is I was very much putting on and trying to make it act seem like I like certain people or that I was into women those sort of deals like it, it, it's probably coming through in the way that I'm talking right now, but it's just a deeply uncomfortable thing for me to bring up at times. And even in current conversations, I struggle um, speaking about it just because it's connected to that. So that's my weird gay experience. But <laughs> I don't know if for you, like you had more sort of like specific or like incidences that made you think about this a lot or something like that. So... Yeah, so for me, I didn't have the same issues in middle school. Um, Mine kind of came from mainstream beauty ideals and standards, Mm -hmm. and not in the way that I think people assume. So 
obviously when we were growing up back in the early 2000s um <laughs> you know the model look was a thing like right now the girls they have like the coke bottle the instagram model thing like right. that is the popular ideal of beauty but when we were coming up um it was like the supermodel look like very thin very lean um yeah. and genetically i didn't look like that um <laughs> I, I didn't look like that and so for me in middle school um i kind of felt uncomfortable in my body uh a because i kind of developed a little bit earlier than other students um but i developed in a way that wasn't the, like the ideal so some people would kind of make fun of me or make comments or stare um and so i would tell my younger self that like it's okay that you look the way you look. And even if people don't appreciate it now, they might appreciate it later, but just, you know, it's okay that you look the way that you do and you don't look like someone on a magazine cover. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it seems like too, even in school, it was highlighted a lot. I remember there was all these rules. Do you remember that rule where girls weren't allowed to wear shorts if they didn't go past their fingertips? That was a really big thing. So I know there was a lot of different people who would wear shorts and just because of their body type, maybe like it wouldn't go past their fingertips, but they were the ones who were going to be the most singled out. So I didn't know if you had something to say about that because that wasn't particularly my experience, but mm -hmm. it just was a memory that came up for me. You, you, I have a story. <laughs> so <laughs> we, in middle school, we had the, you know, your shorts and your skirts had to go to a certain length, but then there was also a rule about spaghetti straps and it, we had the two finger rule. So your straps had to be at least the width of two of your fingers put together. So I always made sure to follow the rules. My mother also made sure that I followed the rules. Um, she wasn't going to have me out here embarrassing her. But um, I remember I always did that. But I remember one day at lunch, it was like nearing the end of the, I was going to say semester. We did not call them semesters back then. Yeah, quarter. was it? The quarter. The quarters. end of the quarter. End of the last quarter. And so the vice principal was walking around and she came up to me and she told me that my my like my straps are inappropriate Ooh. and i was like oh but it's like two two fingers and i literally looked at down yeah. the table at lunch and there were girls wearing spaghetti straps wow. like very thin but they they didn't have a full chest like i did like mm. they were flat so it was like my body was policed because i was more developed than those girls so i experienced wow. that pretty early of the fact that my body would be policed differently because of the the way I'm developed or my skin color. Like right. I, I noticed that a lot with like some of the black girls, like they got reprimanded more for their clothes, even if they weren't necessarily inappropriate. So that's when I began to see that. Of course I didn't have the language, but you know, it yeah. happened then. Well, now, now you know, and now you now I know, <laughs> right? You know, and if you like do any work in the future that has to deal with like schools or like maybe elementary and middle school development, I feel like that's something you could bring up. Something yeah. that came up in my mind as we were speaking about that was uh, just issues of identity, going back to sort of growing up queer a bit, and this idea of locker rooms for me. That's mm -hmm. just, oof, child, that made me extremely, extremely anxious. Like I was developing and I was coming into myself and I had these different feelings and I was very conscious of my body, I think largely because I was gay um, and was starting to understand that. Um, and I think that like being forced or having regulations where you have to have students go and change in front of other people, it made me really uncomfortable. And I feel like it made me uncomfortable because if I didn't want to do that, I would be singled out from all the other guys. So they would look mm -hmm. at me as different. But 
So I decided to do it, but then in doing it, I would be anxious every single day when I went to class and when I went to gym because I didn't want to be in that situation. Like I didn't know where to look. I didn't know how to hold myself. Kids already sort of made fun of me a little bit. Uh, so that just on top of everything made me feel like this this weird person or like this weird little like creature. I can <laughs> so, imagine. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So I wish I was able to go back and give myself advice and be, be like, your feelings are fine. You're valid. Like there's nothing wrong with this. And structurally, maybe someone should have reimagined how this works just to account for students who might have certain identity-based things that they're working through um, just to make it more comfortable for them. So that's something that came up in my mind. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting though, as we're talking, we, we have a lot of shared experience, but they stem from different places. Mm. So like, and the locker room was also a source of stress because, you know, like (laughs) I remember some girls would change in the showers or in the bathroom for their own personal reasons, whatever they may be. But you always notice that everyone had a different level of comfort with their body or being around other women and women. We were what in middle school, other girls, (laughs) (laughs) other girls, yes. Young Queens. Um, Or is it tweens? (laughs) Oh, you said tweens. Um, I mean, we were young queens. It's okay. Oh. We should know. That's advice. You are you are a young queen. That is the advice there. I should have told there. myself that. I was eating out. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I guess then for high school, do you have any dating advice you would give uh, your high school self? Any dating advice? When I think about it, I just wasn't dating or thinking about dating at all. So maybe my advice would be that you don't have to be dating. You don't have to be thinking about dating. And I think I would tell myself that because I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to be acting in a certain sort of way. So it became, in a sense, like a performance where some of my friends would be like, oh my gosh, this girl's so hot. Oh my gosh, like I want to talk to this one girl. And I found myself sort of role-playing what that would be. And I think that was rooted in this... um, sort of thought that I needed to be dating or that I was supposed mm-hmm. to be talking to people. So I think if I would have alleviated that and told myself, you're fine, like you don't have to be dating, I wouldn't have been so stressed out about it. I think everyone yeah. develops at different ages and that's completely okay. And just to take it at your own pace. So if you don't want to date, you don't want to date. You know, I was in my my house on Fridays with my friends eating pizza and playing video games and that's completely yeah. okay for a high schooler. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be fine that. if you were doing that now if you didn't want to date. So for my high school self, I guess I would just tell her that like you are beautiful, you are attractive, regardless of any validation you do and don't get. Right. Um, I so we went our high school that we went to was predominantly white. Um, and then yeah. there was a point in time for a little bit where I went to a predominantly um black high school as well. And I think that's when I kind of got an inkling for the fact that like maybe black people saw my beauty more so than white people. Um, And also like, I like, maybe it was just the people I was around, like maybe it was just contextual and situational. And so that's what I would tell myself is that, you know, like just because nobody here is interested or is expressing it because we came to learn later in life that some of the people that, you know, weren't give, checking us out or flirting with us or talking to us or anything, they might have low-key thought we were kind of cute. But right. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's it's all in hindsight that you realize that, like, you just your, your younger self just seems to know that, like, you were beautiful. You, like, 
someone could like you and right. it just was about the time and the place and the people you're around and it, it had really didn't have anything to do with you yourself right yeah i would agree with all of that so with that let's just move into our word on the street This week for our Word on the Street, two things came up. One, how schools are helping students deal with different issues surrounding the global pandemic. And two, the madness that is going on on TikTok. Yeah, so thanks again for your input. These words on the street came from you guys and your engagement. So keep it up. We can't wait to see what you guys have for us for next week. Yeah, so on how schools are helping students. I think Penn's been very, very helpful. There's been a broad range of things. I think some of the things I've been seeing have been around mental health. So our CAP Center, our psychological sort of therapy center has been sending out these virtual like relaxation sessions and ways to deal with the stress surrounding the global pandemic. I know also some of our PhD programs have been organizing to give more additional funding to create emergency funding for students who might need help in these times. I also know for students who are finishing up, there's been the option to maybe take another semester because for a lot of students who are doing field work, it might be difficult to get to certain locations in order to collect their data. So there's been a, a big mix of stuff ranging from mental health to extra income to even tacking on more time to finish degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at Brown, the same sort of conversations. And um, that's what people are trying to apply. So those same things. But in addition, um, I think they're trying to support us overall. So something they've been doing is um, having like the trainers from the gym record sessions or hold live live workout sessions for everyone to do from home, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then for funding, I think it comes from this place of grad students, I think for a while have talked about the differences between funding for the summer versus semester. Um, And so kind of piggybacking off of that in the light of the crisis, they're kind of asking for more funding and it's good that it's the conversation is happening and those changes are starting to happen um, as a result. Yeah. Um, Overall, would you say you've been pretty satisfied with the way your school has been responding? Like, what are your just sort of overarching thoughts about all of it? Um, I mean, in what regard? Like, do you mean for my personal needs? Like, or Yeah, for your personal needs. For you as a student right now going through stuff, have you felt supported? Yeah, I definitely, people have been explicitly expressing their support, um, taking the time to ask, um, taking the time to provide the things that I need. I really appreciate that. I feel like um, this pandemic has kind of touched a lot of people and made them more considerate of what people are going through and how they can help. So I think I've seen that with the faculty in my department from the grad school overall. Um, It's been nice to see that you can your voice is being heard in real time. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, on Zoom, in real time, you know, in the classes and in the (laughs) (laughs) meeting. But yeah, I agree with all of that. In terms of this madness on TikTok, Jaslet. So you're going to have to, I I hear the kids are on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. (laughs) Tell me about this TikTok business. So TikTok, for anyone who doesn't know, is this social media sort of application where you can post short videos of you doing certain things or... Um, engaging with certain TV shows that could include doing voiceovers or you could do lip syncs. There's a whole... Is this like Vine? It's, yeah, it's very Vine-like. I just think you get a bit more 
autonomy to play with a lot of the features. So like changing colors or like throwing different. Oh, so you can there. mix and match and yeah, so like editing <laughs> software. Remember we had um what do we Flip have? Flip it and reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I've been seeing a lot of is just a lot of non-black, you know, if I must say, a lot of white people um mm-hmm. voicing over maybe these clips from like reality reality shows that are coming from black people or just sort of black pop culture references and terms, like little things that are being shared on Twitter by the people themselves or being shared on their own Instagram pages. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people taking that content and voicing it over. And the so putting thing- putting the voice, the audio onto a video of them. Exactly. Okay. Um, and what's weird to me is that it doesn't seem like these people are making a particular joke or anything in specific. Like the whole entire joke, like why it's entertaining is because they're like pantomiming and trying to mouth like this black accent to me. And mm-hmm. these things are blowing up and getting like hundreds of thousands, like millions of views at times. And the actual content creators who are putting it out there, you know, the stuff for them is a bit more buried. So I guess it just leaves me with the question of why? Like, <laughs> why are we doing this? And it makes me think a lot about just like the history of how Black language, how Black gestures, how Black mannerisms are used. So I know- the Black in, bodies. Yeah, exactly. So I know like in the early 19th century, there were a lot of menstrual shows. I think we touched on that in our first episode. And for anyone yep. who don't- Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, a menstrual show was where primarily white people- would paint their faces black. So black face, a lot of conversations about that comes out of menstrual C. And they would do these over-exaggerated stereotypes of black people um, to be humorous. So basically creating stereotypes of black, about black people as lazy, um, as these negative characteristics, and then performing them to try to get people to laugh in essence. Yeah, so um, menstrual C definitely, I see the similarity, but I feel like Black people for entertainment has started even before then. Um, so some th- someone that like people have heard about is Sarah Bartman. And she mm-hmm. was a black, a black African woman who was brought from the continent and taken all across Europe to be shown as a freak show because uh, her body was composed uh, differently from anything that these European people had seen. You know, she had a bigger butt, she was dark skin, and she was literally just taken around as a freak show and exhibited that way. Um, so I, I think there's such a long lineage that this is definitely an interesting topic to talk about. Yeah. I think using black people as entertainment, using black speech as entertainment, using black gestures as entertainment, it just doesn't sit right with me. I I really don't get it. I'm not here to be the police and tell people what they can and can't do, but just side eye, you know, and thinking about why it is that you're finding these things funny. All right. So that's all we have for you guys this week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Millennials Unpublished. Tune in each week as we figure out life together. Please continue to rate, subscribe, write a review and share the podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, shout us out on Instagram at Millennials Unpublished. That's with two L's and two N's. You can find me on Instagram at Darren27. And you can find me at Jaunty Jazz. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.